Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Post Loons Live here on the Soda Soccer accounts. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob Schneider. Tonight I'm joined by my amazing co-host, the one and the only John Marthaler. Uh, John, how are we doing this evening? Not too bad. I It's a shame that this was not a radio show and we would have had bumper music coming into this because we could have played Panama by Van Halen. No, no, no. As, you know. If we're playing any song tonight... There's only one song. I'm not going to play it because there's probably something to do with copyright issues that would like get our podcast episode banned or something. Right. But it's the Timo Pukki theme song. You know, the Timo <laughs> Pukki, baby. Da, 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 da. Timo Pukki. Oh. I don't yeah. think we need to broadcast it. You can just sing it. This is going to be the next 10 minutes of the podcast. All right. So, singing this song. so for those of you that don't know, there are like eight different versions of this song. And I found one tonight that is like a, an EDM slash screamo version. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. Um, it's, if you go to Spotify, Apple music, whatever your choice is, it's Pookie party, one word featuring Miko Inanen, which sounds very Finnish. Uh, and it's by DJ ILG. Uh, 100% right. give it a listen. 100% enjoy it. Uh, it's an absolute banger. Um, I'll do my best to find you guys a new version of this song every single week now because I'm sure that there will be one. And if there's not, I will personally tell John to record one of him singing it. That's right. EDM is my passion. <laughs> that and shovels, right? That and shovels. It's the big two. <laughs> hey, folks. Um, okay. Uh, Post Loons, live here on Soda Soccer. Amazing performance from Minnesota United this evening. 3-0 on the road against the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Timo Puki and Izzy Tajuri Shradi with their first goals in a Minnesota United kit. And then Bongi Klangwane extends his scoring lead on the roster uh, with another goal. I, it, he is having a fantastic campaign, maybe not talked about enough um, outside of Minnesota United. Um, John, just... Simplify tonight's performance. What is your biggest takeaway? Well, first of all, a night where Izzy Tujuri Shroudy, Bungu Kukle Hongwane, and Timu Puki score the goals. It's the absolute big three of names your dad can't pronounce. <laughs> it's the most unpronounceable scoring trio in any, in any Minnesota United, Minnesota Wild, any Minnesota sports history. It's a big <laughs> night. But if I'm if I'm anybody on the Minnesota United front office staff or on the playing staff, technical staff, I'm just taking a, a victory lap after that one. Oh, you know, the guy we brought in, the DP striker, finished a chance. Oh, the guy we signed for nothing, the winger we signed for nothing. Oh, he finished a chance. Oh, our under-22 initiative signing, he finished a chance. Who's the geniuses here? That's what I'm doing if I'm one of the Minnesota United front office staff right now. Everything worked. It all worked out. It was just one of those nights. I, I think I, I said on social media, this was the platonic ideal of a road win for Minnesota United. And I think it really was. This is, they, they've tried to do it so many times and it hasn't worked. And they started out the second half and everything looked like it was going to go poorly in. And instead they shut it down and scored one more goal. It was, it was, it was the perfect night for the loons. You I, know, it, I they, it, they, they did exactly what they set out to do. And I want to give my flowers to, uh, uh, Edgar Herrera and Amine Bassi tonight, they played their tails off for the Dynamo. Um, I cannot tell you how many times Bassi sent a lovely, just beautiful over-the-top cross slash through ball 
uh, to the top to the top left corner of where the Dynamo's attack was. So to the right of Dane St. Clair's post, that corner, so many just delicious balls, like like Thanksgiving dinner, delicious. Okay, amazing platter over the top of the Loon's defense that just didn't get put back into play. Uh, and then Herrera, I mean, some of the passes he plays are just stunning. Um, Dynamo been a very good team of late. Uh, they've had some really good performances. They've got some great core pieces. Obviously, they were missing Coco Karskia, but uh, I think he had bigger things going on tonight, including uh, scoring the winning penalty to knock the U.S. men's national team out of the CONCACAF Gold Cup semifinals. We'll talk about that later. But obviously missing their their, their best player in him. But, I mean, it was a good – Okay. The Dynamo are good. Hector, Hector Herrera is their best player. Is he? Mm, this he year? Is. This year? Last year, no. Well, last year he was we're bad. Just saying, we're just saying best player right now. That's Hector Herrera. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to. I would argue this on a different day because I do think Karskia is. You take him out of that lineup, and and Herrera is kind of not necessarily worthless, but he doesn't have anybody around him on his level, so he becomes sort of just there trying things. And at his age, it it's it's harder. I think you could drop Herrera <laughs> easier than you could drop Karskia. All right, there's uh, my take. I'll, I'll see this argument and I will accept it as valid. All right. All right, folks. Five, five minutes into the about? show. Sorry, go ahead. No, go, five, ahead. go ahead. Five minutes into the show here. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking like this all night. John and I are going to be going back and forth, but we also want to hear from you. Got a few people in the chat talking already. Uh, friend of the show, Paul Forrester, who's always in here, has a comment for us. We'll read that in a bit. Um, if you're watching, give us a retweet on Twitter. Give us a share on Facebook. Take that YouTube link. Put it in your group chat. Uh, tell your Minnesota United friends. Throw us on the Reddit tonight. Uh, Minnesota United subreddit. Like, let's just let's get some people in here. Let's get talking. Let's get some questions rolling. Uh, it's a brilliant night for Minnesota United. A brilliant night for Major League Soccer. Some fantastic results around the league. Uh, bad night for U.S. Soccer. Uh, but that's what you get for you know taking a B team and you know trying to play too safe. But shrug. And then uh, Mexico are up 2-0 over Jamaica right now, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, as Minnesota United defender Kamar Lawrence is on the bench for Jamaica in their CONCACAF Gold Cup semifinal. Um, lot to go through tonight, John. lot to talk about. Um, I think we should start with some of the important things. The, what do we hear post-game? Um, Emmanuel Reynoso updates, Mickey Tapias updates, and maybe what to look for against LAFC. Um, so I've had multiple people ask, here's Dave Valensky's question. Dave's always in here too. Thanks, Dave. Um, is Reynoso okay? Uh, he's dealing with some tight ham with a tight hamstring right now. Um, he was not happy to come off. Uh, obviously we saw it on the camera during the Apple TV broadcast, but Adrian Heath told us post game, um, that he wanted to continue playing and that he is kind of a stubborn individual and doesn't want to tell you when he's hurting. And he felt that, like, in that moment, it was a good time to take him out. And regarding Mickey Tapias, uh, he was dealing with cramps, actually, uh, body cramps. And it turns out the on-pitch temperature at kickoff tonight, uh, on turf, so Matt, you know that turf is warmer than, say, grass or, um, you know, walking on pavement, you know, because turf builds up heat. Uh, 111 degrees at kickoff, folks. Uh, they played through They had three water breaks in the first half, if you didn't notice. Um, it was a warm one. So uh, updates was- on those two, they seem okay. It was 92 in Houston with a dew point of 78, which is – if there was a dew point of 78 in Minnesota, we would die. We would just straight up – there would be deaths from people who weren't even outside. They would just be in their homes passing passing away. And they played a, they played a soccer game down there. It yeah. was it was very – it was very CONCACAF-esque in the sense that they were playing in a place that shouldn't support human life 
never mind host a soccer game. This happens to the U.S. men's. Yeah, they they happen the this happens to the U.S. men's national team every time they go somewhere in the summer. They're like, hmm, what if we play the game at noon and add some heat lamps and try to burn them out? This is why the the this is why U.S. soccer thought it would be a good idea to host a host a qualifier in Minnesota in February just to get back at them, which you know backfired in a lot of ways, but. That's neither here nor there. It it was a terrible night, a terrible night to play soccer. I'm impressed that everyone didn't leave the game with cramps. The fact that only one player did, a, a win for hydration tonight. A win for hydration, indeed. Uh, get that Pedialyte in, uh, Mickey Tapias. That's Maybe right. uh, uh, eat an orange, some Pedialyte. Um, hydration. Yeah, hydra- go on a hydration vacation over the next 48 hours. That is what I, that is what you need to do. But Adrian said they're actually not going to get in until 3 a.m. tonight. Uh, Minnesota time once they once they depart on their plane, uh, their sleep schedule will be a little wonky. Um, I can't remember if he said, John. Do you recall what he said about training tomorrow? Do, do they do they have tomorrow off and they return Friday? I can't remember the schedule, but uh, effectively they're just going to have to survive until Saturday. They play Saturday night against LAFC, and they just this is one of those weeks. This is what happens when you play three games in eight days. They yeah. they took Reynoso obviously had sort of a hamstring injury. He he always is the same in that he's always limping. And then when they take him off because he's limping, he goes crazy. Like, oh, no, 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 you can't substitute me. I was just limping for, I don't know, effect? It, it, it's always, it always makes me laugh because he's always sort of hobbling around. But honestly, it was a good thing that they got, they managed to take Pookie and take um, Reynoso off after 60 minutes because yeah. – they're going to want both of them on Saturday. And the fewer guys that have to go a full 90 today, the better. Uh, we've got Paul Forrester in the chat saying, Bongi continues to be that dude. Uh, unreal work rate up until the final whistle. What an acquisition. He and Pookie will be causing all sorts of trouble um, with those Reynoso through balls. Uh, you, I couldn't say it any better there, Paul. Uh, it, let's look it, at- does, it does sort of make me laugh that Longwane, uh, apart from all the other players, like, oh, we got to get Pookie off, we got to get Reynoso off, we need to get arrested him. Longwane, no, just let him run for 90 minutes. He's going to be just sprinting the whole 90 minutes, and they'll start him again on and Saturday. He's, and and he's, smiling every, he's smiling while yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> this one, here we go. Here We're we both go. laughing. Yep. That, oh, it's right there. Is it his contract? Have to be stuffed up? I think it must be in his contract that he gets a pay cut if he doesn't play 6,500 minutes this season. Yeah. We've got anything, Gage Zastro. Anything less than that. Gage Zastro in the chat saying uh, Bongi for Bologna or uh, listen. Yep. But just, if, if you gave a Bologna or for somebody purely on personality and like contagious smile at like energy that that's bongi i i can't say it enough uh it is a joy to be around him when he speaks uh, uh even in a even in a loss because he is so motivated continually to just be a good footballer be a good teammate uh talk about what the positives are but also acknowledge that there's negatives here and there um just an all-around great acquisition for the club really a really a good representative of what uh, minnesota nice is all about if i'm being honest uh, John, you'd know all about being Minnesota nice, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I don't know why you're hammering me about the Minnesotan accent. Obviously, it exists. Obviously, <laughs> I'm from Minnesota and I have a Minnesotan accent. Why are you hammering me about it? Uh, I'm not hammering you. I just enjoy it, John. I, uh, it could I get worse. It could get worse. Do you want me to go full Bermidji here? I can do it. Oh, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> full Bermidji. Oh, don't you know there. Yeah. Full Bermidji. It can I, happen. 
I hope I we get it. some listeners from around the country uh, on the, on the episode this week, uh, not yeah. from Minnesota, so they don't understand the bit here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not John. Happy to have you with me today. Happy to talk Minnesota United. Uh, let's do a little bit uh, a rundown of the game here. Um, when things kind of started, it was the first the first eight nine minutes was all Houston. The Loons took nothing at all. I mean, they couldn't get possession. They couldn't get balls. Uh, they weren't connecting passes. Um, Dane St. Clair was called into action three times in the opening 10 minutes. Uh, I don't know if you can call them saves, but he's being called into action where he needs to uh, interrupt a play, come collect the ball, uh, pick up a cross. Uh, and it just didn't, it just wasn't an ideal start. And I was, I was watching and I'm sitting there like, Oh God, here we go again. Um, after that oblivious, you know, first 45 minutes from the U S men's national team, I turned on this and I was like, all right, give me some high energy, high tempo soccer. And, the first 10 minutes, that's not what we saw. But uh, the Loons kind of found themselves around the 15-minute mark, started connecting a little more. We saw Manuel Reynoso get into the game. Uh, some brilliant overlaps from DJ Taylor in the first half. Uh, and then it just it just clicked, that bongy goal. I mean, we were just talking about him. But the patience to get the ball in the box off that deflection and wait to shoot the ball, almost like a fake out, to, be, to, to have that patience, it's – it's, it's an incredible equality because so many footballers, so many forwards are just going to want to shoot that ball instantly and get it off their foot. I mean, he it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. John, what did you see from Bongi's opener? It really was one of those moments where the ball falls to Bongi and you're sort of up off the couch and you're just ready to, ready to do something. Like, no, shoot, shoot. It just... It was almost a panicky moment, but like you say, the patience—the patience to wait, the patience to let a defender fly by and then pick out a corner and take the corner. Obviously, that was great, and it—it it allowed getting that goal and getting that goal from really the first chance that Minnesota had. It allowed them to play the way that they played from the start, but have it be part of a plan rather than ju- just them getting overrun. If Houston scores early, and yeah, they have to chase the game on the road in the heat it's not gonna work the fact that they got the goal early and then obviously they got the second goal almost right back to back with it that's that's exactly what they would have wanted because it allowed them to do the same thing where they were sitting back where they were defending deep where they weren't chasing the game they weren't chasing the ball they weren't possessing the ball but when you're up two to nothing it looks like a great plan rather than like you said when the game starts and the same thing is happening it's like wow this is They've got no energy. They're overrun. They, they they don't they don't look like they even want the ball. Then when they're up to nothing, oh, they don't even need the ball. They're just sitting back. What a good plan. Yeah, no, and then I, I look to the Loon's second goal, and well, one, you've got Emmanuel Reynoso magic. I mean, the hip swivel, the turn, the no look pass. I mean, that's it's 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 um I'm trying to think of like a good term to use on a podcast that's appropriate. It's uh, it's 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 uh, it's beautiful, John. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's the full Renoso. It is. It genuinely is because I don't know many footballers. Pure uncut. I don't know many footballers who are going to sit there and say, "I don't know where my striker is, but I'm going to turn, pass the ball, and expect him to be there because that's the wavelength we're on." We just met a week ago. We don't even speak the same language, but that's the wavelength we're on. And I mean, Pookie was through. 
he was just he knew right where to go straight down the middle it of the was, pitch split the defenders like the red sea i mean like the, it was exactly it was exactly the goal that when when they first said we want to put Timo Pukki with Emmanuel Reynoso, it was exactly the goal that they were envisioning to yes. say what we want is for a play where Reynoso will pick up the ball in the midfield with his back to the goal and he'll hit one pass and Pukki will be running onto it. That's exactly what we want to happen. That's exactly how we want to play. And now they have the video clip to go with it to just say this. This is what we want to do. Do this. And they have songs to play behind it. Timo yep. Pookie, baby. Da, 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 da. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, my... I, it, I need the EDM version. I need I, a little. I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying. Oof, I'm not oof, really. Yeah. You saying I'll do this. Oof, yeah. Oof, 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 oof. <laughs> this is this is terrible on video. It's terrible on the podcast. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry to our listeners and our viewers. It's it's a good bit though. It's a good bit. You can't once you start a bit. If you quit it, it's not a bit, yeah. and you always have to live through the bit. Oh, you know, we've got a comment here. If you can, if you can put this one up from Skull Gumbo, which I assume is a Vikings fan living in Louisiana. See you there, Skull Gumbo. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm so thankful that Pookie was on the end of that pass. What a relief from the gimmies that have been missed all year. My first thought after that was, we've seen this so many times, but every other time, Mender Garcia gets horribly fouled with no call instead of actually scoring the goal. There's been like three or four where Mender Garcia has been through. And then somebody will catch up to him and tackle him, and he won't. He won't even get a shot off. And the replay will show that, you know, the defender took out a nine iron and him in the ankle with it, and somehow there was no call. But this one, Pookie just kept running and scored. It was it was strange to not have that exciting breakaway turn into nothing. Listen, I mean, Adrian Unun had fifty three breakaways and scored zero goals. So. My hot, my hot take will forever be that Adrian Anu was actually a good striker, and we just broke him with confidence because uh, social media is toxic and fans destroyed him after one game and one miss. Uh, he probably looked on Twitter and was like, oh, my God. I thought they were supposed to be Minnesota nice. But uh, oh, no. no, but, like, regarding the Mender thing, you know, he's getting these fouls and everything, and I'm going to pro, and I'm like, hey, why didn't this happen? And they're like, sorry, you didn't submit the question on time. Or, uh, sorry, uh, 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 um, I didn't think it was reviewable. That's it. That answers all yeah. three of your questions you submitted. It's ridiculously <laughs> it's, frustrating. It, it's funny that they, they have that system to email in questions. That it's it's not emailing, John. It's literally a written piece of paper. As the pool oh, reporter, right. I write down a question. I date it. I sign it with a, a written name and then my signature. Uh, and I give it to a spokesperson. The spokesperson delivers it to pro. I go and meet the spokesperson um, for the written response on the same piece of paper. And if the individual representing pro wishes to speak on uh, verbally on top of what they wrote, uh, they can, or they can just walk away and their response on the paper is all we get. Uh, and that is the system at the moment. Um, you know, I could talk about how frustrating that is for an hour on here, but I think everybody who just heard what I discussed kind of sat there and like, it's 2023. This is really what we're doing written responses. So that's, that, that, hey, that, that's it. At least they didn't make you do it with a telegram and Morse code. Yeah. I wonder what I just said in Morse code. Pros responses are basically Morse code because, uh, well, they don't mean anything. 
Well, they, they don't have to mean anything. When it's a written response to a question, they can just say, I chose not to review it. Well, that's the end of it. Yes, pro is going to pro. Um, gonna you pro. know, my biggest takeaway, though, is that uh, on Monday, it was an, pro announced that they made an error. They came out and said that in the Red Bulls uh, revs game, um, that a, a goal that was taken away should not have been taken away. And that goal um, ended up being the difference maker in the match. So uh, I do appreciate the and accountability there. The end of that statement was, and we're asking Bruce Arena to please let the hostages go. <laughs> He's hiding him on this Coney is, Island. This is not the solution for anything, Bruce. Just Let's, put the gun down. It's it, it, John, it's not a gun. It's it's a Coney Island hot dog with extra mustard. <laughs> well, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Back to Minnesota United uh, for the night. Um, we're slowly getting through the game. Uh, we talked about Timo Pukki's second, how brilliant it was from Reynoso, the strike, the finish. Um, halftime, 2-0. That was a really boring second half, if we're being honest, John. It, it, it coasted. There wasn't a ton of action. But what we did see was Reynoso go down. We saw Tapias go down. Um, both seemingly sound okay right now. We'll find out more on Friday when there's media availability. Um, I will be there. Uh, I will have updates on social media. I might even put them on threads. I might thread my Don't updates. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why? You can do better. Listen. I mean, maybe you can't do better, but I, I'm just saying right here and now, and Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening, nobody should go to threads. Stay away from threads. John, just, I'm not just getting brands of cereal talking to each other. I don't I don't have blue check mark bots sending me hundreds of DMs a day or, 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 or uh, accounts from the Czech Republic commenting about so rare uh, FIFA on my posts like or getting DMs. Uh, up from random accounts across the world. Is Dane St. Clair going to play today from an account that has one tweet all time and it's the one they sent me? Like Twitter, Twitter's a Twitter's a weird place, man. Bird app is going oh, downhill. It's all it's all a weird place. I'm just saying go outside instead of going on threads. Anyway, well, well, that's not well, the point. Well. No, no, no. I gotta circle back here. Chris, is this in reference to my tweet the other day that uh, may have gotten some uh some uh, Minnesota United fans and my followers on social media a little heated. Maybe he says maybe add pickles to the hot dog. Um, <laughs> John, I hate pickles. What is happening? I hate pickles. You hate pickles? And How about fried pickles? No, no, I'm getting there. The, the Minnesota State Fair announced that they are doing a dill pickle lemonade this year mm -hmm. for the State Fair. And I posted on Twitter. I was like, you know, sometimes it's okay to say no to a pitch. And it caused uproar. I mean... The pickle stands came out for me, John. The, the 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 defenders of the dill defenders, the dill defenders came out and you know were all over me on Twitter. It was it was a bloodbath. I, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Big pickle is after you. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't take these comments to threads. You'll get the 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 Gedney. What is it? Is a a stork? A duck? What's the thing on the get? Anyway. <laughs> Gedney's gonna come after you on threads because okay, that's what's okay. gonna happen. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll Don't see. That's well, now Gedney's gonna be after me because I got there. I got him confused with Vlasic pickles. Uh, updates will be on social people, media Friday this, for the training did session. People tune into this for our pickle branding talk. I bet they did. This is why. Listen, they're here, they're here for the bits. They're not here for the news. Well, I get what, the back and forth. What bits. news do I have? I do. I do want to talk about one thing in the second half that I thought yeah. actually worked out really well. I. People talk a lot about bad substitutions that Minnesota United makes, but I really felt during the first 
10, 15 minutes, it just seemed like they were all Minnesota United was already defending nine guys in their own penalty area. It was already scramble mode. And I thought, well, this is just Real Salt Lake all over again. This is exactly what they did. And they held out for 35 minutes and then gave up a couple of goals in that one. And I thought, well, here this goes again. But they made those subs and it really felt like the subs changed the game. In part, they took off Pookie. They took off Reynoso. Neither one of those guys is going to run around a lot after already spending 60 minutes running around, running around in Houston. They took those guys off. They put in some guys with fresh legs. It really made a difference. After that, like you said, there weren't a lot of great chances for Houston. They got another goal on the counterattack, but it really seemed to be one of the difference makers was those second half subs. So I did want to mention that. Kind of like I said in the open, every time Minnesota United gets a a bad result, and especially if they drop points late, every the knives are out. The knives are out for Adrian Heath. The knives are out for everybody. And I, I think it's also worth pointing out tonight that the, it, everything worked perfectly. Everything went how they planned tonight. So uh, Heath in, I guess, is what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just I'm poking the bear here. I realize, but it's it, it's just when we, when we call them out when things don't go well, we also have to note. When things do go well, when they go exactly how they planned, we got to give them credit. I 100% agree. Um, and I'm doing a soda soccer first here. I'm typing a comment in the chat and posting it on the live video. I didn't. I didn't even think this was you know, possible. You just say it with words. You, well, that's I'm all going you need. to. I'm going to. But if someone comes in here yeah. and I'm talking randomly, now they know what I'm talking about. You know. All right. They can visually it. see. It's it. like it's like the little bug on the bottom of the uh, uh, the first take screen on ESPN. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Speaking of first take, somebody noticed noted this on Twitter. I did not know this. Maybe everyone but me knew this, but the the word pookie in Finnish means goat. Yes, it does. I had no idea. That's a great yeah. fact. I love that fact. That's a great fact. I don't know why first take made you think of that, but that's a great well, fact. It just, you know, first take is all about, oh, is this person the greatest? Is Emmett Smith better than Walter Payton? Well, that's, you know. That 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 particular I don't know why I went to that because that's a twenty five year old thing that very much predates first John, take. You just but, really aged you know, yourself. Who's the goat? Lionel Messi. Yes. Undisputed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but anyways, he's a Finnish goat. Uh, 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 Rasmus Schuler. <laughs> Rasmus Schuler. Well played. Well uh, thank played. You. Thank you. Thank you, um, folks. My hot take is that Ismail too. Izzy, I'm gonna wait. Uh, Tajiri Shradi wants us to call him Izzy. So I mentioned this last week, uh, last weekend on the show. Um, moving forward, we're going to call him Izzy. Uh, that's Tajiri Shradi. Um, just simply Izzy, nothing more. That's his preference. Uh, Izzy should start on Saturday for me uh, at the left wing position. Joseph Rosales didn't bring much, uh, excuse me, uh, to the group tonight. I didn't think he uh, uh, put on his best performance. I don't think he was as impactful as. Uh, he has been, but I also think, you know, part of that might be the fact that when he was away with Honduras for the Gold Cup, uh, he played left back, left center, mid, and left wing. Um, very, very, three very different positions, lack of consistency, and just starting to get back with the group now. It's it's tough. Uh, and with Franco Fragapane likely not to ap- ap- uh, appear before the start of the League's Cup, and Song Minjian questionable with a thigh injury, um, if you know that Izzy's healthy and he can go, 60, 70 minutes, 
Um, he is who I start on uh, Saturday at left wing against LAFC. Uh, MLS veteran scored his 31st MLS goal on his 100th appearance today. Let, let, let's be honest, though. This this guy could be a really sneaky signing for Minnesota United. That's a goal. That's one goal every three games for a rotational player. I, I, that's what his career says. I think um, I think he's a really sneaky signing. I think he could prove to be uh, a really valuable asset for this club. And with both Fragapana and Sangmejian, uh not available from the start, I think I go with Izzy uh, on Saturday as my starter. Um, we got a quick question, though, from Foot Trap here. Um, the Will Trap Burner account of the show, as we like to call him. Uh, welcome to the show, Foot Trap. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, uh, Will. Good to see you. Are you <laughs> on the bus on the way to the airport? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, should Kamar start on Saturday? Um, let me check a quick update on the score of the Mexico versus Jamaica game. It is 2-0 in the 68th minute with goals in the 2nd and 30th minute. And it looks like the XG is severely in favor of Mexico. Um, yeah, this it's not looking good. Uh, only three total shots for Jamaica, 10 for Mexico with about 22 minutes to go. Um, if we're using that context here and saying that Kamar Lawrence and Jamaica are set to exit the gold cup tonight, uh, Adrian Heath told me post game that Kamar Lawrence, uh, is set to, uh, is expected, excuse me, is expected to travel back to Minnesota tomorrow, Thursday and reunite with the club, and they'll assess his fitness come Saturday. Uh, Lawrence has not played much in the Gold Cup for Jamaica. Uh, he has not been starting for them. And as a left back, it's tip, you're not your typical sub. Uh, I, you know, I I know he played in the group stage uh, early on, but you know, not 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 a lot ton of, not a ton of minutes of late. So they'll assess his fitness on Friday, and they'll go into Saturday. You know, seeing what happens. But you know, plaudits to Zarek Valentin and DJ Taylor for. They, they, they swapped sides twice tonight at one point. Um, DJ Taylor with a ridiculous cross into the box on the first Bongi goal um, that was eventually deflected and put in Bongi's feet. So we'll give him a we'll give him an honorary secondary assist. Um, but um, I think they've both been, you know, doing exactly what's expected of them. You know, maybe not exceeding, but tonight they were very solid. John? Yeah, I mean – Zarek Valentin was brought in exactly to do what he's done over the last few games. They, mm-hmm. they def they needed somebody to be able to play both fullback positions, and they they have switched them around. They had Valentin play right back and Taylor play left back. Then they sort of switched them back, and like you say, they switched during the game sometimes too. But they've they they've needed someone to play this role specifically, and it didn't work out with a guy like O'Neill Fisher, and they've had. A ton of injuries. Ryan Jiba, who was one of their super draft picks, has been hurt all year and just got put on the season-ending yep. injury list. So we won't we won't see him at all. Who knows if we'll ever see him in a Minnesota United uniform? Um, he he was one of those guys that was potentially going to be a fullback this year. I think they said Mikael Marquez, who they brought in, um, was potentially able to play fullback. He's been hurt most of the season, so. Having a guy like Valentin to step in and do the job and be an MLS veteran is exactly what they needed. And it speaks to some of the moves that the front office has made this year where they've gotten legitimate MLS veteran Proven help, talent. whether it's whether it's Valentin, whether it's Tajuri Shradi, that in past years it's maybe been more of a wish and a prayer kind of guy. So Past years it's been Juan Chope Abila, Fernando well, Bob, 
I mean, hey, don't 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 bring up Fernando Bob's name without praising Fernando Bob. <laughs> um, but folks, another name we should talk about quickly is um, we talk about super draft picks. Uh, Tony Oluwase has been on fire on loan at San Antonio FC. Uh, on last Friday, he netted a hat trick and a four-zero victory. Um, tonight, he gets the uh, assist on the game winner for San Antonio FC, winning two-one uh, against El Paso Locomotive uh, FC. And San Antonio now sits. If I go to the table, they are second in their conference with uh, level on points with first place Sacramento Republic, who, if you recall, made that incredible U.S. Open Cup uh, run last year. Um, Oluwase is a is a big part of that. I'm talking nine games, John. Nine goals, five assists. When you when you send a guy out on loan, this is what you want to happen. This is exactly yes. what you're hoping for. You're hoping not o- not only does he get playing time, but he starts scoring goals and getting confidence. And it's happening. This is exactly what you want to see. And if and, and, and if you're Minnesota United and you're like, I've got 33 year old Timo Puki right now. We'll get him. You know, he's on a contract through age 35. Mander Garcia is not paying up, but we've got this young kid. Uh, who might be able to contribute next year and learn a lot from a guy like Pookie. That's a dream. I mean, that is, that is, yep. I mean, I'll, I'll use the example of the Houston Dynamo right now with uh, Tor Ulfarsson. Um, he's a player who started hot and has since cooled and uh, was a super draft pick out of Duke. Um, you know, if you were to bring in a elite striker to play ahead of him, you know, not someone on his level, I think he could develop into one of the better strikers in this league. But right now, he's not getting those consistent minutes. Right now, he is not getting, uh, you know, the reps that he needs. And But when Ulfarsson came on for the Dynamo today, I thought he was an, an absolute menace, uh, which is normal. Um, you know, his whole premise of, as a footballer is kind of to, to be the dick on the pitch, to be the guy that, you know, pisses everybody oh, off. A Duke guy playing that role? now that's a shocker. Well, John, would it shock you to tell me uh, that uh, he started a uh, a uh, bench brawl during a penalty shootout at Duke? Uh, boy, that would shock me. <laughs> so Very he, much uh, so, because yeah. I was born yesterday. Scored his penalty kick, okay, in the shootout. I uh, think I remember seeing this. I, I and, remember uh, seeing this somewhere. He runs to the goalkeeper, to the line where the goalkeeper stood, and uh, – uh, yeah. looks at him, points at him, says, watch me. And he does a fake, a fake, and then dives the right way where he shot uh, his ball into the corner of the net and gets up and does like a little crowd pump. Like, like, look at me, look at me. Uh, man, uh, some people really hate that stuff. I yeah. love, Put I that love in prison. I, I absolutely love uh, a heathen on the pitch. You can only have one per team, but the what player who is that heathen, I, I'm a big fan. Put him in a rocket and take him to space jail. Take him to space jail. Oh, John, come on. All right. Let, before we before we wrap up, you know, talking about today's game, John, um, let's talk about Izzy Tajiri Shradi's goal. What did you see from Izzy's goal tonight? First of all, you said he wants to be called Izzy. Does he want to be called Izzy in like a Brazilian kind of way? Like he only wants to be called Izzy? That's his only name? Or he just wants to be called Izzy Tajiri Shradi? Um, I was told just Izzy, but I can clarify on Friday for future premise. I, w- I want him to be like Purpose, straight yeah. up Brazilian, like only Izzy on the back of his shirt. That's what that's what I want out of him. Okay. And I guess it would be weird if he said, call me Ishmael. That's a literary joke for all you people who are making literary jokes at 11, 11 p.m. 
Anyway, only you, um, John Marthaler. What was what was I what was I talking about? Ismail Kazuri Shradi. Yeah, it's again. I I think it's just it's representative of the depth that Minnesota's managed to put together this year. That's not just hopeful guys. It's guys that I've done in the league. Thirty-one goals in hundred games. I didn't know that stat, but thirty-one goals in hundred games for a guy who was available for nothing in the middle of the season. That's great. That's that's great work for everybody involved. So if they can continue to get time out of him, especially with Fraga Pani hurt, especially with everybody else playing a million minutes, Rosales having to play at the Gold Cup and then coming back, and that is that is an amazing pickup. Just to get one goal out of him already makes it a valuable pickup. So you know, if you can get five five from him by the end of the season, it's unbelievable value. Well, if they can get five from him in the next 20 games, it'll be magical. It'll be a magical, amazing run. Mm-hmm. They've had strikers who've played whole seasons that haven't gotten five goals. Yeah. Well, folks, before we continue, uh, let me tell you about uh, today's sponsor on our show, uh, our good friend Nate Pence at Pence Homes. Uh, we'll jump right back into the episode in just a minute, but first I got to tell you about our friends over at Pence Homes, uh, owned by Minnesota United fan Nate Pence. Pence Homes was founded on the idea of providing customer service that exceeds expectations and making the home buying and selling process as simple as possible. Nate and his team specialize in St. Paul and Minneapolis and can help you navigate this ever-evolving market with the right tools, technology, and expertise. Pence Homes knows how to help you get the most for your house and get you into the home of your dreams while staying in your budget. Contacting Nate is really simple, too. Just go to natepence.com or email him directly. That's nate at pencehomes.com. N-A-T-E at P-E-N-T-Z homes.com. Pence Homes proudly supports local Minnesota soccer clubs, Minneapolis City, and Minnesota Aurora, and we're extremely grateful they're extending their support to hear us at Soda Soccer. That's P-E-N-T-Z homes.com. You can contact him there or email nate at pencehomes.com. Uh, Thanks again for to Pence Homes for sponsoring uh, today's episode of the show, and we'll get back. I feel, uh, I feel very comfortable in saying, I don't know if this matters to you as a potential home buyer out there who might be listening to this, but I feel very comfortable in saying that you will not find a Minneapolis realtor who's got a better knowledge of Minneapolis city players. That's all pro- I'm saying. Probably not. You know, and, uh, you know. Are and- you this from Chris Lindahl? No, you're not. You're not going to get that kind of stuff from Chris Lindahl. I bet his vertical Nate is more Pence. than Chris Lindahl's too. I I can only imagine. <laughs> it's John. It's this big. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that's it a, so much. I hate a, it and I love it all at the same that, time. That's a joke for those watching. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm terribly sorry. You're not going to understand. Uh, but folks, let's get back to the show now. Uh, John, it was a wild night in Major League Soccer. Um, you know, I think it was really great scheduling uh, from CONCACAF, from MLS, from all the personnel involved to do the Gold Cup semifinals back to back on a night with 10 Major League Soccer games, uh, USL Championship games, uh, and uh, NISA games. So really great night, you know, good planning across the board for American soccer personnel. But Let's talk about what happened in MLS tonight. Uh, there are still three games ongoing, um, West Coast kickoffs, of course. But what has happened so far today is the New England Revolution beat Atlanta United 2-1. to one. Uh, FC Cincinnati beat the New York Red Bulls 2-1. to one. The Chicago Fire with... Uh, uh, beat the Montreal, beat CF Montreal 3-0. I was going to say Montreal Impact. They're no longer the Impact. Yeah, the Montreal Impact. Darn right. Yeah. Hey, listen... That was, that was a Never great name. That's a Never great name. Never let it die. 
And obviously that's Minnesota 3-0 over Houston. But John, there was a game you and I wanted to talk about. And it's yes. uh it's 2-0 Philadelphia over Nashville. Um two Daniel Gosdog penalties win it for Philly. But that's not the story. It's the fact that we have uh three red cards and 13 minutes of stoppage time. I mean, that is that's that's Turkish Super League right there. That's that's what we're talking about here. 13 minutes of stoppage time is getting into you know, Fenerbahce territory. Yeah, and Christopher Alfebi is in the chat. Uh, he just mentioned it, funny enough. But uh, here's the thing is, Jan Gregus came on. Uh, no. Yes, yes. Jan Gregus came on for Nashville. And then Minnesota native Luke Hawkinson also came on for Nashville. Man. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Small connections. But here's the story. Is that Nashville are without both their starting fullbacks <laughs> this weekend. Both of their starting fullbacks got red cards tonight. And on top of that, they have lost, I believe it's four out of their last five. I mean, yikes. I don't know what I <laughs> I, I do want to say. Jan Gregus came on for Teal Bunbury, Minnesota native Teal Bunbury. It's all about the Minnesotans down there. He came on for Teal Bunbury. That's incredible. I didn't even catch that. And Luke Hawkinson, former Minneapolis City player, Luke Hawkinson. Maple Grove native, if I recall. Man, it's all happening for Minnesota, but only in Nashville and uh, only with many red cards. And Jackson Ewell, I don't even think, got subbed on for the U.S. tonight. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's all it's all happening for Minnesota. Well, you know, could have the, been. I feel like we should just do live updates on the rest of the games. LAFC's up one nothing on St. Louis, otherwise known as the battle for the Western Conference. Or, or the battle between the two most disliked teams in the Western Conference. Oh yeah, well that's. I'm just kidding. Possible. That's the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. <laughs> who am I kidding? So who, who are also losing right now, by the yes, way? Yes, 2-0 to the San Jose Earthquakes, and then the final. This game is great. The... These games will be over. These games will be over by the time anybody hears this, except for you know the good people who are still in the chat with us. So if you're listening on the podcast, you can look up how these games ended, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Well, they're in the 82nd minute, so they're wrapping up. Vancouver has okay. a 2-1 lead over Austin, and Austin uh, absolutely clobbered Minnesota United this past weekend in a – what was the word I used? Um, let's just call it embarrassing display in front of their home fans. Well, they just need to play on the road. Minnesota's great on the road now. Who knew? Have they ever won five road games in a year before? I'm trying to think. I know they Is won – Is this a team record? I know they uh, – John, here's a stat for you. Um, unless they win out every single home game for the rest of the year now, they will not beat the amount of home games they won in 2022. Right. Isn't that sad? I mean, let's be honest. It's sad. It's uh, it's depressing because Minnesota United fans deserve better as they're paying good money for these matches. Um, uh, they are, you know, expecting more, more, more in return in person. And I think the club it, realizes that it's a big opportunity against LA uh, this Saturday night. It's it's been a weird it's been a weird transformation because in past years they couldn't do anything on the road and they were pretty good at home and hard to beat at home. And this year, exact opposite. It's a weird world. Uh, I got a comment here from Christopher Alfebi, uh talking Gold Cup hot take. It's a perfect time to slide into U.S. men's national team coverage from tonight uh, when the U.S. lost in a penalty shootout to Panama in the CONCACAF Gold Cup semifinals after uh, Christian Roldan had his penalty saved. Um, but uh, he says, uh, Cade Cowell is the most overrated young player in U.S. soccer right now. Uh, Chris, I'm going to say I'm a massive Cowell fan, um, but 
he is nearing his MLS ceiling. If he wants to become one of the better U.S. soccer players, if he wants to elevate his game, um, he needs to move this offseason or this summer. Uh, he can't wait much longer because as much as I love this league, as much as I love Major League Soccer, your development is going to be stunted if you are that talented as a teenager. Um, and I think I look at, you know, a player like Brian Reynolds, who played for the U.S. tonight, left when he was a teenager. Jalen Neal on the verge of leaving uh, as a teenager. Um, Justin Che, uh, Kevin Paredes, um, um, just trying to – Caden Clark from the New York Red Bulls, Minnesota native. Um, you know, we see these young, talented MLS players uh, under the age of 20, and they are they're, – they're knowing that – you know, despite starting MLS games at 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, they have room to grow and that there's only so much growing they can do at this current point in time in Major League Soccer. Eventually, you know, we'd love to be the league that says, hey, we're going to take these guys till they're 22, 23. Then we're going to sell them to Newcastle in England for 60 million. You know, that eventually that is the long term goal for MLS. But at this moment in time, these young players need to, uh, uh, these young players need to make the move. Uh, and you just, you added something. You said, shouldn't his MLS ceiling actually be scoring goals? Um, I think what he's, I think he's a brilliant role player at San Jose. I do. Uh, I think Christian Espinosa's season is absolutely ridiculous right now. Dark horse MVP candidate. Uh, like, and, I, and like we just said, San Jose is winning right now um, over the Seattle Sounders 2-0. I mean, that's a dominant performance. And uh, as things stand, the, uh, uh, earthquakes are fifth in the Western Conference, uh, only four points behind second place LAFC. So, I mean, I, I think they're fine. Uh, I think Cowell is fine. I think he had a brilliant, a brilliant U21 FIFA World Cup this past May. Uh, was absolutely electric for the USA. Um, so, that's where I'll leave that. That's my take. Uh, I think uh, I think Cowell needs to move though, and I think um, I think he needs to do it sooner than later. Uh, John, I do want to take. I do want to say that I saw that England won the under-21 European Championships. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's great because England's youth national teams are the best development squad the U.S. has going right now. So <laughs> That was a good bit. I like that one. That's good, John. Um, yep. Uh, Bright and, future for the USA national team with England winning the under-21 European Championships. What, what's impressive about that, though, is they won all six of their games. That includes group stage through final. Um, without conceding one single goal. There you go. Like, I, I just which, I guess they're yes they're which under of these 21. guys were born randomly in New York because we got to figure that out asap. Yeah, but that's incredible. And in the final, the England goalkeeper, um, they were up one zero over Spain, and in the ninety sixth minute, there were six minutes of, at a time. Spain were awarded a penalty for handball in the box. They have a chance to send it to extra time, and the England goalkeeper saves the penalty but puts it back directly in the path of the shot taker. He launches up off his heels, makes a one-handed save on the rebound, wins the game for England, ref blows the whistle a minute later. I mean, I stunning don't know who that was, but uh, do they maybe have a grandparent who's from here? No, I'm he's just a, saying, I'm, I'm not saying just saying. Let's check a, this out. He's actually a Manchester City youngster who is set to move for $20 million to... Burnley FC and join up with Vincent Company. 
All right. <laughs> who who among of all the youth growing up in in England or really around the world, who among us has not dreamed of being at Man City and then finally getting that star-studded move to Burnley? Listen, but you're playing under Vincent Company, which is one of the hottest up-and-coming young per se managers. Uh and you're in the Pep Guardiola system already because it is company and company and Pep are homies. So they are homies. Mm-hmm. But that, that you know that we're, since we're talking about dual nationals, you know, I think it's fair to bring up uh, who MNUFC are, are are tracking right now, and that's um, uh, Tranmere Rovers defender Ethan Bristow, who is actually a dual national with a Concacaf side. John, do you know the Concacaf side he's a dual national with? Come on, I'm gonna think about this. I put it on Twitter. Tranmere Rovers. I'm sorry, I just, I I didn't know you hated pickles, and now I don't know this. I'm going to say that he is a dual national. Small, super small. I want it to be I want it to be Saint Kitts and Nevis. Boom. Yes. 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 Saint Kitts and Nevis uh dual international with England. So I Here don't know I don't know how you go about scouting um a, a guy from the 4th division of England. Um he was with Reading last year, so he was in the championship. Maybe there was a, a nod saying, "Hey, We've got the there's this kid, you know, yada yada yada. But uh, it's an interesting one. 21 year old left back, uh, and the Pioneer Press is reporting that he is not going to take a U22 initiative spot despite there being one open. Um, so that's huge news, and it leaves room for another possible big transfer. But from what I've been told by Adrian Heath, it doesn't seem like there's going to be more spending this window, uh, in that capacity. So we'll see. Um, I'm hoping, you know, we get some news on that this week. We'll have an update on Friday about Bristol. But the Loons need a left back, John. They do. But, yeah, you know, gives Eric Valentin credit, but they could use another one. I, I don't – obviously, you're excited when they're bringing anybody in, but it's a little hard to go, yes, the English fourth division is definitely where I was thinking they would look for this. But, you know, who knows? I'm not going to write it off. You know, and that's where Rexon played now, John. Come on. <laughs> Listen, he might I'm still be... I'm still laughing that I I might have all the particulars in this story wrong, but apparently people were calling the BBC asking them not to publicize the Wrexham scores because they weren't that far in the show yet. I just think that's hilarious. There's something, there, there's I, something I don't know. There's something wrong with that and something great about that. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to wrap things up here shortly, folks, but keep those questions coming. We've got another one from Christopher here. It says, free Pedelford, give him the wheel. Um, I think Devin Pedelford is a brilliant talent. I think he is really coming into his own. I think he's growing a lot, but he's still a very raw individual with very little game time under his belt. Um, he's you- better – I have a Pedelford question too. I'd like to raise my hand and put this in the chat. Have you talked to him about changing his number? Yes. Cookie came in and took twenty-two. What did he have to say about that? Uh, he he said uh, the, he said he really didn't care, but he uh, it was the second time he changed his number. Actually, um, I forget who he said he gave his other uh, his original number to, but he said you know there's a guy coming in from Europe who's going to score yeah. goals for our club. <laughs> if he wants my number, he can have it. You score 190 top division goals in Europe or whatever. You pretty much get to pick your number when you get here. Yeah, and he he did not care whatsoever. Uh, but I did when we talked to Devin Saturday night. Uh, he told us about why he shaved his mustache, and I looked at him and I was like, "How could you?" Because that's what yeah. I boast. I boast a mustache, and 
he uh he said i looked in the mirror and i was like okay yeah time to go <laughs> i saw pictures of myself yeah and i, I mean like, he's not wrong you're not wrong Devin. Uh, that's good <laughs> self-awareness for a guy who was you know in junior high last year or whatever so oh i think i think he's like i think he's 20 now is he 20 now i mean mm-hmm. they they're all just children i'm getting to the age at which every player in major league sports is now younger than me there might be now that nelson cruz got dfa'd by the padres he might have been the last one that was older than me i'm not sure depending on tom brady status so now i'm just you know one foot in the grave so john saturday night uh after lafc is a good time to talk uh league's cup because it's going to be on the horizon there's a couple things coming up in minnesota soccer that we want to just uh highlight in the meantime that's the schwann's usa cup starting next week um it is a genuine celebration of soccer if you are a soccer fan here in the twin cities head on out to blaine at the national sports center uh, this weekend for the weekend tournament or next week for the week-long tournament and check out some local youth soccer um teams from around the world are coming there's pin trading all sorts of fun stuff it's a genuine uh, uh, the, the the perfect word is celebration of soccer but something cool that will be happening is there's going to be a team from south africa there um and um uh not from Bongi's hometown or hometown home club, excuse me, not from his youth academy or anything like that. Uh, but uh, you know, he is going to be hanging out with them, saying hi, doing some cool things, and we're going to have some uh, some cool content. Hashtag cool content uh, up on Soda Soccer uh, about uh, this. Uh, this, uh, this team from South Africa in Bangui. We're really excited about it to share it with you. Um, but folks, make sure you get out to the NSC next week and you know, just just take in what is you know, thousands, like a thousand matches of soccer within a week. It's, it's a good time. John, uh, you, you, have you been to the USA cup in recent years? No, I haven't been to the USA cup. I do know that they send out the press releases and stuff and mm-hmm. they've reached a point where no numbers they put in there surprise me. Like they could say, we've now got 42,000 fields at the national sports center and 173 million teams are coming to play in this tournament. I'd be like, well, that actually seems about right. <laughs> the opening ceremony where all the teams walk through now goes on for a month and a half. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's time consuming. It's long, but it's a good time. Um, yeah. Some up now here's an update for you, John is as things stand, uh, LAFC are up three zero over St. Louis city FC and we're in stoppage time. Uh, LAFC in good form ahead of Saturday night uh, against Minnesota United following a four game skid. Um, yeah. If we look at LAFC's form since late May, it's been horrendous. They have two wins in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten appearances in all competitions, including Open Cup and CONCACAF Champions League with one draw. Uh, and then their second win in 11 came tonight. Uh, but, um, you know, you can never doubt LAFC because that's how good they are. You can doubt, you can't doubt Danny Buanga, Carlos Vela. Uh, Jose C. Fuentes, uh, uh, they've got they've got Giorgio Chiellini if they want to play him. I mean, what is you thinking Saturday night is going to entail, and how do you en- envision it going perfectly for Minnesota United? Well, I think the other interesting thing about LAFC on Saturday is that unlike most of MLS, which has League's Cup game coming up, they have a bye to the League's Cup second round. They don't know when their next game is, but they're going to have at least two weeks off, so... 
I suppose you could go either way with that. You could say, well, that means they can they can play anybody they want for any number of minutes they want. They don't have to manage mm-hmm. anything because they've got a break coming up. On the other hand, if you've got a break coming up, does that make the team lose its focus, especially when you got to go on the road to, to Minnesota? So I guess it could go either way. But LAFC is – they're one of those teams that every – I was going to say Minnesota struggles against, but everybody struggles against LAFC. There was that – there was that one random game where Mason Toy scored twice, and apart from that, I don't think they've ever gotten a result against LAFC, have they? So uh, the the one the win at LAFC is the only one I can recall. Yeah, that's the only one I can recall off the top of my head. But it's it's always a difficult game. I they may have gotten a draw here as well, but like like you said, LAFC could be the could be the best team. Well, the best non leone team, I guess, in North America. Yeah. So well, Adrian Heath has told me on their best day, he believes they can be the best team in North America. And I think that, you know, I think that should be taken seriously because Denny Buwanga is one of three players I look at and I say, yeah, he is definitely, you know, in contention to win MVP. He's not a dark horse candidate. He's one of three. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to be there every step of the way and fighting for it. And then you never know what you're going to get from the likes of Carlos Vela and Jose Cifuentes. Um, So I, I think... I think LAFC are just a really good team. They've got Kellen Acosta, Elias Sanchez. Um, they've got this new young striker uh, from Poland in uh, Mateusz Bogus. Uh, very good. And then, uh, you know, you've got Giorgio Chiellini. So, I mean, uh, you, they're a good team. They're solid. But I think I think it's three points or bust for Minnesota, John. That's where I'm going to leave it. I mean, the LAFC has been terrible, obviously, up until about 10 minutes ago. They've been terrible for a month and a half now. So there's a chance there. And Minnesota, like you say, they do need to have two good results in a row. They've had good results before, but they they beat Portland 4-1, and everybody sort of swaggered around for a while, and then they got their butts kicked at home by Austin. Now they've got another great result, great result tonight, beating Houston on the road. Houston's been great at home. The weather was terrible, as we mentioned. Yeah, following it up with another home loss against LAFC would be it would just be more of the same mediocre up and down. Yep, two wins, having this win against Houston, and if they could beat LAFC on Saturday, going into the League's Cup break, that would be an amazing, an amazing upward trajectory to be heading into those League's Cup games. No, and I look at the I look at the table. The Loons sit tenth at twenty seven points. If they beat LAFC on Saturday and a few results go their way, they're above the playoff line heading into the League's Cup break. And I think that has to be the that has to be the the goal in mind. Because um, right now they have twenty seven points, and you could jump all the way up to sixth place as Austin FC have twenty nine points right now. Um, so it's that close. They got to get above the playoff line before the League's Cup break. And I think. Uh, Twice three points are bust for me. Well, I mean, I, I think they're already, if you sort by points per game, I think they're already there. They have played somehow one or two games fewer than everybody else in the league. So could be yeah. a crowded, a crowded second half of the season, so to speak. It is going to be a crowded second half of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, that's our look ahead here, folks. Thanks for joining us tonight on Post Loons. Um, we're going to wrap things up now. Uh, it was a crazy night of MLS. Uh, I don't know uh, what was put in the water bottles of uh, Philadelphia Union and Nashville SC players tonight. Um, they just decided to get angry at each other. Uh, and, you know, two penalty kicks, three red cards. 
Um, some crazy results around the league. Uh, but, you know, depressingly, the U.S. men's national team also exited the 2023 CONCACAF Gold Cup while Mexico beat Jamaica. Uh, Kamar Lawrence is headed home to Minnesota United. Um, they lost uh, 3-0 uh, with a stoppage time goal to cap it off for Mexico. So we will see Lawrence back Friday for Minnesota United. Um, he'll be in contention for Saturday. We'll have more news on Emmanuel Reynoso and Miguel Tapias' statuses uh, Friday as well. So busy week ahead. Um, you know, thanks for tagging along. And, uh, John, anything else to add? I just want to say congratulations to everyone at CONCACAF, everyone at, I think, probably Soccer United Marketing is involved. Congratulations to them. Early, They are – there. there was a moment of panic. They had to have a moment of panic earlier tonight where they thought – wait a second, we might be playing the Gold Cup final between Panama and Jamaica. This would be not great. So having Mexico back in there will save them. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll sell out on Sunday. Uh, John, we didn't talk about the most important thing happening this weekend. Quickly, we just hit the hour mark. I'm sorry. Lionel Messi's being unveiled as an Inter-Miami player Sunday night. Um, we have to note that. And it's rumored that Fox and MLS are in talks to – stream it as part of the halftime show for the CONCACAF Gold Cup final. Well, that, I mean, didn't, when David Beckham was announced, wasn't there a specific, like, half-hour ESPN thing John, when David like, Beckham was announced? I was, like, seven years old. Were you really? Oh, my gosh. It was Again, wasn't I'm, it 2006? One foot in the graves. 2007? I want to say 2007. I then I would have been eight. Because I'm old. Or yeah, eight. either way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a whole thing, and then they played a friendly against Chelsea or something like that. Maybe that was the MLS All Star game that year. Anyway, go yeah, greatest, back and, greatest team in England. Yeah, go back and go back, and you should have known that you you were already you were eight years old. Oh anyway. man, man, we're just grumbling now, folks. It's 11:37 p.m. I'm just trying to remember things, remember some games from 15 years ago. Here we go. Thanks for tagging along with us tonight. Uh, it's a big weekend ahead for American soccer. Um, Lionel Messi's unveiling as an Inter-Miami CF player is going to forever change uh, the league. It is the biggest moment. Uh, dare I say it's the biggest moment in America, in men's American soccer history. Um, you know, TBD, but this is, this is a game changer for MLS. It's a game changer um, for American soccer. And I think it's a really exciting time to be an MLS fan. But... It's Minnesota United versus LAFC uh, at Allianz Field Saturday night. I will be there. John, will you be there? On Saturday, yes, I will. John will also – well, John's making a return to the press box, folks. It's a it's a day to rejoice. It's been a while. Uh, never have, for, if you want to go to a lot of soccer games, just never have children and also be in the summer. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me tonight, John. Uh, it's a good time. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, before we wrap, before we end the show now, um, just a quick reminder that we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash sodasock, and you can support us there. If you appreciate the show, if you appreciate our po- our social media, uh, our written content, everything we produce over at Soda Soccer, from Minnesota United to Minnesota Aurora to lower league soccer and everything in between, um, you know, we can't do it without our supporters. Uh, you can join for as little as $3 a month, and that goes a long way uh, in supporting us. Uh, so we're able to continue to do shows like this. We're able to, you know, exist as a content creation website. Um, so thank you to everybody who currently subscribes. And if you don't, you're missing out. Um, and we would, you know, genuinely really appreciate your support. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Um Thanks so much. Um, 
for John Mo- for John Marthaler, excuse me. Uh, I'm Jacob Schneider. Uh, this was Post Loons live on Soda Soccer. <laughs>